0: Of that last verse, Jesus is King, He controls everything, He is with me each day and each night, wow. With that, that truth alone, we've got it made, amen? amen. And we can always rejoice in that. I invite you to turn to Proverbs chapter 3. We read these verses a moment ago. <coughs> But this morning we want to deal with this aspect of trust. Um, We have dealt with in the last few weeks following our study in Ephesians. We have dealt with the spiritual warfare that we're in. We've seen and been reminded of a coming tsunami. We focused last week on the promise that No man is tempted above that he is able, but will with the temptation. God will make a way of escape. He is faithful to do that. And I think we're on now, okay? He is more faithful than I or you are, than any electronic equipment is, than anything. And so we can trust God. But... Today we want to think about this, what does it mean to trust God? And and how do we go about doing that? And we know it we know it mentally as believers we know that we can trust God. But to really to really rest in it and and to abide in it and Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6 have been um, etched in my mind. I think they were the favorite verses of my mother. I say I think because she had a lot of favorite verses. But I heard this over and over again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. Um, she would have subtle ways of reminding us of, of this. Um, when we're frustrated with something and it's not going the way you we want, she would just say, have you prayed about it? Acknowledge him in all your ways. And, um, you know, as a teenager, you, eh, I don't want to hear that, you know. And why don't you go back somewhere else and leave me alone? That, I never said that to her. Or the inch by inch yardstick would come out again, all right? <clears throat> and I, one thing about being a younger sibling, you learn from older siblings what to do and not do. My older brother thought he'd be smart and reach up and grab that inch-by-inch yardstick when she was using it on his backside once. That didn't go well, and I made note of that, all right? And um, we also hid that thing so she couldn't find it. That didn't go well either. You learn a lot, you know. (laughs) Sometimes the hard ways. But... I am so grateful for these verses, and, and it's easy to have them roll off our lips, it's easy for us to acknowledge them, but to the reality of really trusting God, and it, it seems like sometimes we limit, have you trusted Christ, and we limit that to salvation, we, we're talking about salvation, And and it's true that it, it is trusting Christ for salvation. But our walk with God goes far beyond that. And in life there come many instances where what we're trusting will be revealed or God will put us in situations to develop us to trust Him more. To trust is to believe in the reliability, the truth, the ability, or strength of something or someone. Now, when you think about that, to believe in the reliability, the truth, the ability, and the strength. Someone might be reliable... They they may be speaking the truth, but they don't have the ability or the strength to carry out what is promised. So it's learning to trust that which has the reliability, speaks the truth, and has the ability and the strength to carry it out. Now... Needless to say, we're pointing toward trusting God. But in order to trust God, you need to know God. And I I don't just mean having received Christ for the forgiveness of sins. We often say, do you know Christ as your personal Savior? Receiving Christ for the forgiveness of our sins is, is the beginning step of the walk of the Christian life. And needless to say, it is the most important step. But then that enables us to have spiritual life so that we are able to know God. He He brings us into reconciliation through faith in Jesus Christ to fellowship with God, which was broken by sin. But now we're in fellowship with God and that purpose is is that we may know God. You cannot trust God unless you personally know Him. It's hard to trust people that you don't know. And God doesn't ask us to blindly trust Him. He wants us to learn to trust Him as we get to know Him and the beginning way of how we get to know Him is through the Word of God. You think, we oftentimes think that faith or trust in God is some blind leap in the dark. God has given us His Word and, and given us the history of His working throughout all the ages of mankind from the beginning of creation He's not only told us about His workings through these ages, but He's told us about the very nature of Himself. That's what the Bible is. It is for us to read not as a good luck charm, but it's for us to get to know God. And it is important that we trust Christ for the forgiveness of sin because then we have the Spirit dwelling within us the Spirit is the author of the Bible. He then is able to open our understanding so we understand it. But it's not just to get principles for life. It's not just to, to gain intellect about life, wisdom. It is to get to know God and to know God's character. And trusting God first involves knowledge... And then it involves a matter of the will. We can know something, but if we don't walk in it, it doesn't help us. But it begins with knowledge. It begins with knowing God. It begins with knowing this is what God said. This is who He said He is. And because He's God, I can believe it. I can trust it, I can rest in it. So to trust God, I'm just quickly going to go through 10 things, and kind of as a matter of introduction here today, but to trust God, we must believe certain things about God. Number one, we must believe that He is. Hebrews 11:6. He that cometh to God must believe that he is. Number one, that he exists. It's not that he was, it's that he is. He, he isn't something past that has passed away and is no longer. He is. You must believe. You can't trust something that you don't believe is even there. And so it is. He must believe that he is, he exists. He is actively at work. We'll touch on that more in a moment. But we must believe that He is, in Hebrews 6, 11, 6, goes on and then says, and that He is the rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. So, we must believe that God is the rewarder. Those who diligently seek God, if you're going to trust Him, you're going to have to believe He is going to reward those who diligently trust Him. Because there will come times between trusting Him, there may be a long period of time before you see any fruit of it. But you must believe that God is and He will reward those who diligently seek Him. I'm trusting you, God. I'm depending on you. And it may not look like it's turning out good right now, but I am dependent on you, and I believe that. Number three, you must believe that His ways are perfect. As for God, His ways are perfect, Psalm 1830. Um, We're so used to mistakes and failings that we often transfer what we see in human beings into God. God never has a plan B. I mean, sometimes we think, okay, God created Adam and Eve, and that was plan A. Oh no, they sinned. Now what? Oh, I've got plan B. I'll send Jesus Christ. No, this was plan A all the way through. And and God is perfect in all his ways. We will never be able to get to heaven and and find even one inkling where we can say, God, don't you think it would have been better if you'd done this? We will stand in awe at the perfectness of God's dealing throughout all of history. And the perfectness of God's dealing in your life, and my life, even though you may look at it, some things in your life today and say, that was an abject failure. Or I don't understand anything that God is doing here. We will someday be able to say, wow, God, you are perfect in all your ways, but now we trust him that he is. Because, number four, He is all-knowing. He knows when I sit down. He knows when I rise up. He is not limited by time. He's in the past. He's in the future. He's in the present. He is all-knowing. We need to know that. Because Satan would love to have us think, well, you know, who are you? You're this insignificant person living in southern Iowa, and in the grand scope of things, God really doesn't have you on the top shelf, and you're in the back of the barn, and the roof is leaking, and nobody cares. And if we're honest with ourselves, We've all come to think similar thoughts. But wait a minute. God God said that He knows how many hairs are on your head. I mean, none of us here know that. God is all-knowing. So if He knows, why would He care about how many hairs are on our head? He, He really doesn't care about the no- oh wow that guy lost a lot this morning or you see the shower all the hair she left in there he, he's saying that to say I am all-knowing these are things you don't you can't even comprehend but to me I can just whip it out like that and that's what he's he's doing this to help us to see that we can trust him Fifthly, He has all power. Matthew 28, 18. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. All power. We sing the song. God can do anything, anything, anything. God can do anything but fail. He has all power. I mean, we stand in awe if we realize the the power that was manifested in him even bringing a half an inch of rain. The weight of water, let alone when he dumps five inches of rain. But that is nothing to manifest his power. But we often think of God as, well, God can't do this and he won't do this. To trust God. And to trust Him with all our heart is to believe that He is all-knowing, has all power, and He is infinite. He is infinite in all His ways, meaning there is no beginning, there is no end. And the psalmist said in Psalm 145, 3, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. He's just given us a little glimpse of this in, in the universe that he's created. We, all the greatest scientists and astrologers can't even explain our solar system, our universe, and the depths of it. We're still learning more about the depths of it. He is unsearchable. He is infinite. There is no end of His grace. There is no end of His power. He is above and beyond. We live in, in the realm of everything ends. Some of you have already thought, oh man, the days are already beginning to get shorter, right? Okay? We're, we, we understand We're limited by time. We're limited by space. God has no limits. None whatsoever. And and He is infinite. And then let's bring it down. He has personally designed and knows me. In Psalm 139, He says that He formed us. And and he designed every aspect, for you form my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. He personally designed you for his purposes. We get into trouble when we compare ourselves with others. But it's just like every every individual God has specifically designed for His glory for different purposes. Can a screwdriver and hammer do similar things? Sure. I mean, they can... Many of us have driven a nail with the end of a screwdriver at times when didn't have a hammer or were too lazy to go get it or whatever. We've done things like that. But they were made for two separate purposes. Every individual is a tool that God designed for His purpose. And He designed you and God doesn't make any jump. And He designed you and He planned you so that we can trust Him. He personally designed me and knows me. He loves me with an everlasting, unending love. For God so loved the world that He gave, He said in First John, we love Him. Why? Because He first loved us. There's times in your own life that you don't even love yourself. That you're disgusted with yourself. But God is always thinking the best toward you and He wants the best for you and His ways are the best. He loves me. Number nine, to trust God we must believe that God will bring justice. There is coming a day when God will judge in righteousness, Acts 17 tells us. When you're faced with injustices and wrongs in this world, it is easy to think they're getting by with that, that isn't right, and... To then think, God doesn't care, God doesn't notice, and you won't trust God then. Then we're tempted to take matters into our own hands. And God said, vengeance is mine, Romans 12, I will repay. I will bring justice. You can trust me with that. And number ten... You need to believe that God writes the last chapter. It is God that writes the last chapter and the last chapter makes all the difference in the world. That's why my wife reads the first chapter and the last chapter of the book, okay? And she says it's biblical because God gave us the end, how things end, all right? But the reality is it is the last chapter that makes all the difference in the world. And God is the one that writes the last chapter. It is appointed unto man once to die, and after this the judgment. Romans 14, 12. So then every one of us must give account of himself to God. God writes the last chapter. Now, there could be many other things we could say about God, but trusting God means... That we believe his reliability, we believe his word, we believe his ability and his strength in fulfilling all of these things. We believe the Bible when it says God cannot lie, that he always keeps his promises, that he loves you, that he wants what's best for you. It means believing what he says about himself. Do we really believe it? It's easy to believe it when you're sitting in church, but when things are falling apart in our life or in our world and we're looking around and we can't explain it, do we really believe God is in control, that He has all power, that He is at work in our life? See, trusting God is not a feeling. It's a choice that we make Sometimes against our feelings that we say, this is what God said, so this is what I believe, whether I feel it or not. It's not necessarily ignoring your feelings or reality. It is not pretending everything is okay when it's falling apart. Trusting God is living a life in obedience to God even when things are falling apart even when things aren't right trust is the reliance on the character the ability, the strength and the truth of God and in order to really have trust we have to, we have to know Him Wow, I, I really see that this, this is true. And in every situation that comes in life, we have to choose. And, and basically, there's three or maybe 3.5, I'll say, um, choices that we have. But we must choose regarding our trust. Are we just going to, and this is what many people trust, they just trust faith. Um, well, que sera, sera. Whatever will be, will be. I mean, and and there's some people that use that to deal with the stress in their life. Hey, that's that's my faith. I just got it accepted. And, and, they try to muddle their way through life, but trusting fate has its limitations. It doesn't provide you much hope in the dark times. For, for instance, fate does not guarantee that pain will someday end. God guarantees that pain will someday end as a child of God, fate doesn't guarantee that and there are many people that tough up and and buck up and go on and say well that's my lot in life and but they have no hope for the future fate does not personally care for you it's just it's just fate that's all it is but many people in life they may not call it fate they may say it is what it is that's life, and, and that's their way of trying to cope with things. So, some trust in faith, some trust only in themselves. I mean, think about this. We as human beings are notoriously unreliable. And we said, something that you trust needs to be reliable. We as human beings are notoriously unreliable, even if it's not our character. Let's say we, we want to be reliable, but we're limited in even our reliability. But in many cases, it's our character. We're notoriously unreliable. And what can we control? Very little. So I'm going to trust in myself. And, and we hear talk about a self-made man and he pulled himself up by his own bootstraps and all these things. But ultimately it will fail us. Why? Because there's so many things in life that we can't control. We can't control the weather, and you better be glad you can't control the weather. They'd probably come lynch you if you were the one in control of the weather, right? But trusting yourself really, really leads to being overwhelmed. And and i said 3.5 along the line of trusting yourself is trusting others it's it's this whole horizontal realm of trusting human beings and and it's easy for us to trust others we're we're prone to look to mankind for answers we're prone to oh they can they can give me a an answer here. Or we look to ourselves. Now you go back through that list of ten things and compare. I'm going to trust myself. Well, my knowledge is very limited. But God's isn't. I'm going to trust myself. My power is minuscule and growing lesser every year. But God's is infinite. All the way through. My ways are far from perfect. I mean, seldom ever perfect. But God's ways are perfect. So, honestly, this comes down to a no-brainer. What are you going to trust? Are you going to trust life, faith, Are you going to trust yourself or other human beings? Or are you going to trust God? See, I said earlier, when we trust self, it can lead to much mental unhealthiness. And in trusting self, people turn to all sorts of aids to trust self. Alcohol and drugs and pleasures and chasing money and and all these things. And it's an evidence that there is still a great, great need. And people say, well, if you trust God, that's a crutch that you're using to get through life. Well, call it what you may, but if I went to a financial advisor that had never made a mistake that knew what finances were going to do in the future, knew fully what they did in the past, knew what was going on today, and had all power to multiply my finances. You can call that a crutch. I'd call that wisdom, trusting that financial advisor. But we're dealing with something much more precious than finances. We're dealing with our soul. We're dealing with eternity. We're dealing with life. And yet we struggle with trusting Him. I mean, in, in thinking about this in recent weeks, I've, I've had to bow my head in shame and say, God, I have been an affront to You by my lack of trust to You. I mean, to come to God... Who has all power and all knowledge and all those things that we said, and he's perfect in all his ways. And I say, "Uh, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if that's right. I don't know if I'm going to trust you. See, we don't say it like that, but we don't trust him. And, and think of, think of the, The slap in the face that is to God. What have I ever done that was wrong in your life, God says. What have I ever done in all of history? And and you aren't going to trust me. No one loves you like I love you, God says. And you struggle with trusting me? Spurgeon said... God is too good to be unkind and He is too wise to be mistaken. And when we cannot trace His hand, we must trust His heart. And that's when you have to know God. When you can't trace His hand, when it's dark and you can't see what He's doing, that's when it comes back, I know God's heart. I know God's heart that he'll never do wrong. And so the third thing is trusting God. Trust faith, trust self or human beings, or trust God. Since God is benevolent and kind and all-knowing and all-powerful, Since he is the one who is in control and he will one day wipe out all evil from the face of the universe and restore humanity to harmony with him and peace and joy, then why wouldn't I trust him? And yet, we all struggle with this. To trust God means that no matter what happens you will turn to God instead of away from Him. I read this definition and I thought, that is excellent. To trust God, no matter what's going on around us, it means we will turn to God rather than away from Him. And there come many difficult times in life and we don't have the answers and we can, we're can, we tempted by Satan in our own nature... To say, God, you've forsaken me and we turn away from Him. To trust God, I'm going to turn to you even though I don't understand any of this. Even though this isn't the way I wanted it to be. And God uses many different circumstances to teach us to trust Him. To trust God means... You turn toward God. You keep praying when those prayers seem to have absolutely no effect. You keep saying like Job, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away, blessed be the name of the Lord. That's turning to God. You say like Job, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. That's turning toward God, not away from him. You say like Job, I know that my Redeemer lives and that he will stand at the latter day upon the dust. And though after my skin worms have devoured and destroyed this body, yet in my flesh I will see God, whom I will see for myself. And mine eyes shall behold him and not a stranger. you see what Job was doing? He's turning to God. Through the difficulties that Job alone could imagine. Helen Keller, you're probably familiar with her account. As just a young girl, a disease that left her blind and deaf. She gave four things to learn in life. Many, many great pieces of wisdom she gave. But these are the four things she said. Four things to learn in life. To think clearly without hurry or confusion. To love everybody sincerely. To act in everything with the highest motives. And then, fittingly, for our theme today, to trust God unhesitantly. I mean, you think of that. Here's here's a girl that lost not just her sight, but her hearing. And she is speaking to us, trust God without hesitation. So I don't know where it is you're at right now, but the point that you need to trust God and every one of us, it's over and over again of trusting God and it's turning toward God rather than away from him, regardless of the circumstances. He's the only one you can trust. I mean, if if we haven't learned by now, I don't care how young you are, Learn by now that mankind will fail us. That we will fail us. We'll fail ourselves. He is the only one to trust. And, and the shame that it is when I hesitate trusting God. The reproach to God that it is, that it's an attack on His character. I don't know if I should do this. God's clearly showing what it is we need to do, and yet we struggle with trusting God. It ought to make us fall on our face before God and say, God, forgive me for my lack of trust. God, have mercy on my soul for my lack of trust, which either comes from we don't know Him enough to trust Him, or we know Him, but we choose To walk in our own way. And in many cases, that's what it is. Trust is a choice. Am I going to trust faith? Am I going to trust myself or others? Or am I going to unhesitantly, without hesitation, trust God? Lord, what would you have me to do? Heavenly Father, I pray that we would truly trust You. As the song says, Oh, for grace to trust You more. Lord, forgive me. Forgive us for the shame of of questioning You and not trusting You and, and the reproach that that is to You. You by far, alone, are the only one that we can trust. And so, Lord, may as the psalmist, may we trust in You with all our heart and lean not to our own understanding. Lord, we're so prone to lean to our own understanding. Well, I don't understand that. Or I, I'm not sure that will work. I'm not sure about that. Lord, help us to trust the infinite wisdom, power, and direction of You. And Lord, I pray if there are any here that have never trusted You for the forgiveness of sin, that today would be the day that that is made personal and real in our lives. So Lord, we plead Your mercies. We ask that you would help us to pursue a knowledge of you that then would be manifested in our trust of you. So Lord, may you be pleased as we trust you more. In Jesus' name, amen.